Welcome to the Tad and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast. So here we are in the studio, the first time we've actually been in the studio together in a long, long time. It's Brad and Ted here with the Hoffa Day Podcast. How long has it been? You know, the other day, and again, if you're listening to this and uh, you're not listening to it currently, but sometime down the road or your grandkids are listening to this, there was a big pandemic that was going on and people had to shelter in place and, and all of that until the virus died out. And so all of our employees and everybody were working from home and all that stuff. Um, but Brad and I would come in every day. I'd come in the morning, do the morning show, sanitize the studio and everything. Brad would come in an hour or so later, sanitize the studio, do, studio, do his show. He'd clean the studio and leave and I'd come back in. We were really the only two that were here every day, yeah. that type thing. So, um, But Justin, our, our vice president, Asked, he said the other day it was seven weeks. Seven weeks. To me, it doesn't sound like feel like seven weeks. No, to you? no, not at all. I guess because you know our schedules kind of been somewhat a whole lot more normal than theirs have. But yeah, coming in here to the studio and everything. Real quick before we forget, what does half a day mean? All right, so half a day means how's it going? That's uh, what how they greet each other on Guam. I was on Guam for three years, and that's basically what you say when you meet somebody. You go, hey, half a day, dude. There you go. Now, what does the half a day do? What does that mean, dude? Okay, dude. Half a day, dude. Okay. Hey, okay. How you doing, mate? Gotcha, gotcha. Well, how are you doing and your family doing, you and your wife, uh, Beth, with this uncertainty and all this stuff going on? She is really adamant at the present time for anybody opening shop. And, uh, you know, she says they really haven't done enough conclusive testing and, you know, they're opening it up too early. And, you know, I think that we should be in uh, quarantine for another uh, maybe two weeks or something like that till they can get their ducks in a row. I think she just likes me having around the house. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Uh, for those that don't know, my wife works for an international company and she is one of the global leaders for um, HR. Uh, she works in the information technology department. So she's on the phone constantly, uh, almost 24-7, talking to people in the Middle East, talking to people in Eastern Europe and uh, Canada, Mexico, all around during this uh, this COVID-19 crisis, you know, because they have such different laws in, in different places. And in fact, uh, you can't lay anybody off in, in India. You know, it's it's almost impossible to lay anybody off. So they have, they're dealing with that at the present time. You, you mentioned India. I saw just today, I think it was in the newspaper, there were uh, uh, two pictures of uh, India just taken from the same place in New Delhi uh, there in the main city of right before the pandemic hit there and then after everybody's been sheltering at home and all that for weeks or whatever, a picture of the same place, same time of day and everything. And the difference in the smog is just, hmm. you know, because in the first picture, all these cars and all that stuff, but then how clear the air was and everything with everybody staying at home and not driving around and stuff. So I have heard stories, and because Laura talks to India uh, daily, is that the government actually comes in once a day and, and gives you food. Really? That's it. I mean, you're not allowed to leave the house. Yeah. You can't go out and walk the dogs. You can't do anything like that. I've got some friends of ours who are kind of uh, – um, they're, they're missionaries in a certain part of the world, and uh, um, but they're there. If the government knew they were there as missionaries, they would not be there. Right. You know, so they've got a business and all that kind of stuff. And they were saying the same thing. They were really? saying that you're not allowed to leave your house. You know, you can go so many feet, you know, outside of your house or whatever – but you can't, and they bring you they bring you a little package every day that has your groceries for the day, uh, or every couple of days, you know, for a couple of days like that. How do you think that would go over 
here in the United States? There would be a civil war. There would absolutely be just anarchy. I mean, it, it, people would. I mean, people are, are are just going crazy right now and yeah. and protesting the government and such like that, and and different governors saying that they want to close down. and And then on the opposite side, uh, you know, Georgia is going to open up tomorrow, and people are crying about that. You, you just can't win. I mean, and so if they actually did a mandatory shelter in place, and if you're caught outside, you will be fined. I, I think there'd be complete anarchy. Well, that gets me to one of the questions I was going to ask. We might as well just jump on it right now. Okay, so you're the governor of a state, or you're the mayor of a city. Yeah. Okay, because right. currently what we have going on is the governor of Tennessee is saying, yes, we're going to get rid of the shelter. I'm going to rescind the sheltering-in-place order uh, on May 1st. But the mayor of Chattanooga is saying, I'm not ready yet, and I'm not giving a date or anything like that yet. And, and you know, one says he's being too cautious. The other saying he's being you know, ready to move forward, that type thing. You're that governor or you're that mayor. How do you decide when it's time to open up and let people go to work? You know, it's it's a risk factor. It, it definitely is. But when you hear the reports that there's 22 million people out of work and the economy is tanking every single day, you know, uh, you, you, t- you just have to take that risk. I meant... Um, the situation is is it, we we've got to have a finely honed machine called an economy which we definitely do not have at the present time and so you got to open it back up and just have some social distancing measures so do you and your wife disagree on that and totally yeah. absolutely oh that she was like you know that uh, georgia's going to open up on friday and i was like right let's <laughs> move to georgia dude <laughs> dude rock on and she's like dude don't you understand you know x y and z and i said this Laura, pardon me. Let's try that again. This Beth is what uh, it's all about. Is people have to understand that they don't have to open their business. They don't have to do X, Y, and Z. The governor has given them the option to. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on that page there. And my wife, my wife, this whole time, it's been like keeping a wild animal caged up. She was does not like. She wants to go out and. When I, and when I have been going out, I've been wearing the mask, right? You know, into the grocery stores when I've had to go in and get things. But I've been keeping that very minimal, and only when necessary. But she won't wear a mask or anything. She just wants to get out and go. Now she understands, and so she has been. And the fact that my mother-in-law lives with us—that's mm, another story yeah. too, because she's you know we will not let her leave because um, of her. She has COPD and, and oh. just her age and everything. Yeah. But I'm that way too. I'm like okay. The numbers are down. They're they're coming down. They're falling down. We've gotten all the testing kits out there now that we need. So if somebody thinks they have it, they can be tested. If they do have it, they can be. We know what to do with them. Quarantine them. Yes. We know how to get a hold of the people they've been around that they may have infiltrated, you know, and get them taken care of. And you know, it, we don't do this kind of stuff for the regular flu and that kind of thing. So. But here's the thing, though. We have now been conditioned to. Social distance. We've yeah. now been conditioned. So I think, and I was talking to Beth about this the other day. She goes, Brad, you know, you might as well forget about going to California. No one's going to get on a plane for the next six months. That's what she thinks. I'm like, 
buy those tickets for 200 bucks right, right now to California. <laughs> right. You right. know, let's get out of here. When, when all the airlines started closing down there for a while and everything, and I saw a ticket to Hawaii, which is like on my bucket list to go to Hawaii, and I saw tickets for like round trip tickets for like 200 and something dollars. Dude. I was like, oh, we need to buy one of those now. But yes. you know, we just couldn't go right now and, and everything. So be cool. If we, I don't think they let me buy one and save it for next summer. You yeah. Know, that type thing. Um, we also, in, in, in addition to the, the whole COVID-19 thing, we also had tornadoes that came through oh, here yeah, man, uh, that was devastating. a week ago, uh, Monday, a week ago. And uh, in Ottawa out there, how did you guys fare? Did you all have any damage or anything from the We had the tornado? winds. We had, the, we had the, the straight line winds that are that go on both sides of the tornado. You have the tornado that, that does the, the damage, but usually five to ten miles out, you got straight line winds that kind of force everything so yeah we had trees down and stuff like that so in your yard you all had trees down yeah but it, you know it's just the, it was the weirdest thing you back up to woods too yeah we we got 22 acres right behind us uh, you know it's just the strangest thing i meant when i lived in california we always heard of the tornadoes in alabama tennessee oklahoma and i mean we're right in the middle of it right now yet we don't have tornado sirens that was the craziest thing. I came out of the shower. The winds were whipping up like mad. I was just like, oh, okay, I need to check the weather to find out what's going on. And in big red letters across the weather channel said, tornado warning, Udawa, shelter in place. I'm just like, what is going on? And I meant you could, you could hear the wind howling and craziness. And so I got Beth into the hallway and, you know, stuff like that and just waited till it was over. But... Uh, that was just one of my main things. Is, and, and as soon as that was over, I said, we're getting a weather radio. And so I plunked down the bucks and we got a weather radio now. And so if a tornado warning or an avalanche warning or an iceberg warning happens, then, <laughs> you know, we're going to hear about it. So you didn't have the weather alerts from any of our media? None. Was- Okay, see, I had my our, our phones are going nuts, are going crazy. Oh, from the Weather Channel and from WRC. Oh, you, if you didn't so. hear, it took the it took the uh, towers down oh, uh, on okay. on our side of the world. Okay, so we got nothing. Wow. That, so we were completely in the dark. Well, I meant not physically. I meant we had power still up there, but we had no idea what was going on. We I was sitting at the computer and it was about eleven thirty, and then all of a sudden the power started flickering and then it went off. Oh, and it did because I, I saw this, the winds and everything out. And uh, I thought, well, that's just a matter of time. There's going to be some trees on a transformer or something. And it happened. And so then uh, um, I thought, well, all right. So I checked my phone, everything like that, just strong winds. I went to bed. I slept through the all night long. You know, I don't have any trouble sleeping. Oh, no I got up the next morning, looked out kind of our bathroom window, and I said, huh, we've never had that tree in our yard before. And one of our neighbor's trees, Brad prepared, split and came over and knocked out a section of our privacy fence. Okay. And so they were already out there with chainsaws cutting up on it, and so I went out there and did that. And then we still didn't have power at that point. Um, and I was on vacation last week, so I didn't have to get up early or anything. And uh, I went to uh, um, Lowe's, Home Depot, Tractor Supply, all those places looking for a generator. I was gonna. We've been talking about buying a generator forever, and uh, stimulus checks, we were going to be able to buy one. Right. I couldn't find one anywhere. Well, I was out there cutting up the tree when I got home, and one of my neighbors said, you need a generator? I've got one you can borrow. So he brought one over that one of his church members had loaned him, and we hooked up our refrigerator and the smoker that I have, and so we were able to cook and keep our food. Right. Um, and then I found uh, through one of our friends here at the radio station, her husband works for a company that they had some, but they were closed on Monday. Mm. And uh, I said, okay, I'll get one tomorrow. But by the next morning, 
or that by 11:30 that night, our power came back on. So we had about 24 hours without power. Um, and at that point, I thought, you know what? We've got power. There are so many people that do not have power. I don't need to go buy one of the last remaining generators here in the area. So right. I'll get one someday for that. But uh, uh, but yeah, that's all we had. Now, as a result of that, we've got this big 60 foot, 120 probably year old tree in our backyard. And we're bringing it down. Oh, you are? Yeah, we've got a friend of ours who's a, a tree guy, and he's already cutting down limbs off of it and everything, mm. and we're going to bring the whole thing down. Just because it's that close to the house. If it were to go onto our house, it'd be right where my mother-in-law's bedroom or my son's bedroom is. And uh, I, I'd learned that one of the biggest things with the tornadoes was not necessarily the tornado slamming right into a house, but the trees falling on houses yeah. is what killed a lot of people. So, yeah. um, so we're finally going to get rid of that. You know, that is there. one of the worst things, by the way, too, because after I read the warning, I turned on WRCB, and, and Paul Barris was talking about that, and he was talking about how uh, we caught it. We, we caught him talking, saying that it was like 80 mile an hour. The storm was traveling that fast, like 80 miles an hour, and there was 145-mile-an-hour winds. And I just thought to myself, dear God, there is just so much destruction going on right mm-hmm. now, and there's nothing we can do about it except pray, which yeah. we did. But, you know, you just have to look out over there toward East Brainers and say, wow, there's some serious damage going on right now, and there's nothing I can do about it yeah, one, one of our part, or One of our full-timers, one of our guys, he said that he was watching Paul Barris. And he said he could tell by Paul Barris's voice that it was the real deal and it was wow. bad because Paul was just kind of like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. You know, we have one uh, one of our – talk about praying. We have one of our team members here who uh, her house was hit pretty hard mm. and blew out. Uh, half their garage is gone, blew in all their windows, their front doors, and their house really isn't habitable right now. Yeah. They are some, living there some and not. But it'll take about five or six months to, to get it back to speed. So – uh, but God blessed a lot of people through this, too. He protected a lot of people. Uh, we have a testimony of a, of a, of a dad who they, it took them a year to build their house over in Drake Forest, and they lived in their new house for four weeks. Good gravy. And the tornado hit it straight on. And, but all five of them, three little kids and mom and dad, came out of the hall closet unscathed. Just, awesome. Uh, no, nothing. But their house destroyed. Yeah. So starting over there. You know, so one, th- one thing I want to say something. I was talking to uh, um, uh, Dr. Lisa, and she said when they built their house, they demanded to have hurricane straps. You ever heard of hurricane straps before? They actually go on each side of the stud. It's, it's a metal bar. Mm-hmm. So their house really didn't over uh, uh, their former house in Legends wasn't even really nothing really happened to it. Huh. Yeah, because they had hurricane straps. And so what a hurricane strap does, what happens when a tornado goes through, it will twist the um the studs in your in in the house because the 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 force of the winds is pulling it in. So even though it looks like ah oh, there's no damage at all, those studs could be twisted. Mm-hmm. And and so a hurricane strap is a metal bar that goes on each side and it it keeps it you know, Hold right on. where it needs to be. Yeah. Just a little extra strength there. Have you ever growing up, I know you said you mentioned California, I always heard about the, the tornadoes and things. Did you ever live through any kind of natural disaster or anything? Or Dude, we, we don't have enough time for this. I've gone through everything you can think of. I've gone through an F5 tornado. Where, uh, Guam? No, that was Oklahoma City. And I'll, I'll just give you the fast track on that. I, I used to do nights at KJ 103 in Oklahoma City. 
And about two, I don't know, it was like 200 miles away, uh, they were uh, tracking a tornado. I think it was like an F1 back then. But it's like, ah, there's an F1 in Cement. That was the place called Cement, Oklahoma, which was on the other side of Elk Grove, if you know where that is. It's off in the western uh, part of the panhandle. And so we're just like, ah, an F1, you know, no big deal. Hip hop, hooray. Okay, well... It just kept getting closer and closer, and it would not die. I meant, and I remember when it was going through Chickasha, which was another 100 miles that this thing has traveled on the ground. It was an F4, oh, and they showed a picture of it, and it was just a pile driver just taking everything out. And we're just like, mercy, this is nothing to joke about. And so it just got really weird after that. I meant they started calling for a code black. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. That's where if you have ever even stepped in, inside of a hospital and done something medical, get there now. Because they knew that this was going to be a, just an absolute disaster. The weather, the, the weather people were just freaking out. I, mean, I remember a guy on Channel 4, KFOR, and he said, if you are not underground, you are not going to survive this storm. He actually wow. went on television and said that. And by the time it hit more, because it went through more, it went through the south side of Oklahoma City, it was a mile wide, and it was an F5. It's like 185-mile-an-hour winds. Goodness. Nothing. Back in 1973, I think it was, I was five years old. It was on April 3rd, mm-hmm. and I remember that date to, the, to this day. Um, that was when there were tornadoes all over the country, you know, at that time. It was a real bad weather day. And uh, um, I was a little boy, and we went to my grandparents' house. Um, and I remember being in the basement. I don't remember much, but I remember being in their basement because uh, you had to go outside of their house and go down the steps to get into the basement. And we did that, and there was bad tornadoes that came through the area. And the fairgrounds, the Kentucky State Fairgrounds and Exposition Center, it ripped the roofs off of Freedom Hall and all the horse stalls and stables out there. And then there were these trees, these trees that were like, you know, three and four feet around in this little this neighborhood called Audubon Park. And it just like snapped them and hmm. they were gone, you know, and all that stuff. And I remember driving around days after that with my dad and my mom, my grandparents, just looking at all the devastation from that. That was the first one. And then, of course, several years ago in Ringgold. Oh, yeah. You know, all the, the tornadoes that came through Chattanooga and Ringgold that day. And we lost just a section of our privacy fence. I was on our front porch. And I saw the tornado kind of go by. It wasn't a funnel cloud at that point, but I saw where the clouds were churning and everything. Oh. And I watched it off my porch go right down, and then that's when it dropped into the downtown Ringgold area. And, and uh, about an hour before there, I was in the Pizza Hut drive through getting our son some pizza and some chicken wings. It was his birthday. It was April 27th. And uh, we were supposed to, you know, normally we go to some restaurant, all of us, but we thought, you know, with all the bad weather, we had already sent everybody home from the radio station that day. And uh, we said... I'll just go get some takeout and we'll bring it in. We'll celebrate your birthday that way this year. Right. And an hour later, I was on my porch watching it go by and it just devastated that Pizza Hut and the Taco Bell and, and all those McDonald's and everything in that, that exit right there. And then on into Ringgold and up over. And you can still, to this day, you can still see some of the trees up on the ridge where it went over and went into the next area. So you actually saw the clouds I kind saw of the clouds swirling? spinning and turning, but it wasn't a funnel at that point Okay, when it came by. It was a couple minutes later. Um, and we just had a section of our privacy fence just blew out in the middle of the road, just ripped it right off the posts. So, wow. So the uh, winds were already high by then. Yeah, yeah, big time. Do you guys have sirens? Um, I don't think there's any sirens down in Ringgold that I know of. Hmm. I know there's some out way deep in Ringgold out there in the country, but 
but not there now. Growing up, there were sirens. There were sirens behind my elementary school or one way out in the, oh, yeah. in the field behind our house and, and, and all that. But I hadn't seen many sirens lately around here these days. No, they're for nuclear. They're for the, uh, uh, we do have sirens, by the way, but they're for the, uh, um, the, the nuclear, uh, nuclear plant. plant. Yeah, because gotcha. I go by them and I'm like, because I guess that there was a huge tornado that went uh, through um, the other side of Udawah, northern Udawah, Short Tail Springs up in Georgetown area that was really big. And people are like, well, what's that right there? And they were pointing to this large object that looked like a siren. They're like, oh, that's just in case Watts Bar. Okay. So I'm thinking, yeah. Gotcha. Well, listen, we've been talking about a lot of devastation and a lot of things today with uh, the COVID and with hurricanes, or not hurricanes, but tornadoes and all of that. I'm surprised you never went through a hurricane. Dude, I've been through many hurricanes. Have you? I have been through, I've been through uh, uh, category five hurricanes. I've been through typhoons. I mean, I've, I've been through it all. We were, uh, we were down in Orlando when the big hurricane was coming a couple of years ago. We were down there for a conference, and Justin and I drove out, evacuated from there. We skipped our flights and everything because their planes weren't – actually, we found out we could have flown, take, flown out, but, um, but we were afraid our flight was going to be canceled. And so we rented a car and drove out. And I was driving literally on the emergency lane, you know, going down there. They had all of it open and just flying. And I actually passed a Florida State trooper, and he just kind of waved at me as I passed him by, you know, just getting out of there. All the gas was out on all the gas stations and all that. That was kind of a weird day uh, through that. But wildfires out in California? Been that. I got to go back to uh, hurricanes and stuff like that. I've been through a typhoon that was called Typhoon Yuri that was 210 miles an hour, when it, and it went over Guam. And it, this was the one that actually the whole island went through the eye. And the eye looks exactly like what you're seeing, just an absolutely beautiful sunny day, birds are singing, chirping, whatever, you know. But you've got like about 15 minutes to take everything that you had on this side of the house or the business uh, your car, whatever, and then move it to the other side because the winds are going to spin the opposite direction. But 210 miles an hour, when the rain hits your window, I remember this, that it hits it with such, such force that it does not dribble into the house. It actually hits the window and then arcs about 10 feet. So you have a waterfall that's actually an arc that you can walk underneath it. Wow. Yeah, it is that whack uh wildfires yeah i remember in high school and um uh, uh, if for those that don't know we own ranches out in california so the wildfires are are very prevalent out there but i remember in biology looking out the window and the hillside was on fire i meant it, it was just hardcore just blazing up i meant we have wildfires it, it's like clockwork it happens every january we'll have them Wow. Okay, so hurricanes, tornadoes, typhoons, wildfires, earthquake? You yes. Earthquake? I went through an 8.5 earthquake on Guam. It almost uh, basically leveled the island. That was pretty hardcore. Um, I've been through a 6.6 in California that devastated um, uh, devastated Northridge in, in Los Angeles. Uh, 71, it was a 7.1. That just wrecked Los Angeles. So yeah, uh, and and I remember this. You'll 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 dig this. Um, I remember the Kalinga earthquake. That was a big one. That was like a seven or a six, a six or a seven, and that was a good four hundred miles away from us, you know. But I remember listening to. I was listening to a Los Angeles radio station, but I was out in the front yard, and the Kalinga one hit, 
and I mean it shook and you and, and I just caught it just in time. You could actually see the earth in a wave motion. Oh, wow. It was freaky. 20 seconds later, the guy in Los Angeles was saying, we're having an earthquake. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're freaky. We, uh, um, I grew up near a rock quarry, and so them blasting back there in the rock quarry all the time. Our house shook all the you know, not all the time, but frequently it would from them blasting back there. Oh, geez. And, uh, and then I remember, you know, people don't realize, but we Louisville and Kentucky, they're not too far south. There's a fault. There's a pretty big fault line that runs down through there where uh, um, Mammoth Cave— and all those caves and stuff down that way. And so I can remember, and I can remember here, I can remember living here, feeling some earthquakes from time, and just kind of feeling, hearing things shake, but not prolonged like a, you know, a major earthquake or anything like that. You know, so, you can tell you have it, there's an earthquake going on in California. Seriously, you start getting nauseous for no reason at all. Really? And then you look, and, and then when you feel that, I mean, instinctively, you look up and you see if, is there something shaking? And usually the lamps are starting to go back and forth. Huh. Yeah. All right. So uh, typhoons, earthquakes. Uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, ever been hit by a meteor? Not yet. That, that'll be next. You know, my wife, uh, Beth, says, she goes, I bring the weather with me. And my mom says that, too. She goes, wherever I have lived, the weather has just been catastrophic. Wow. So I apologize. Now, I've heard that tor- Tornado Alley, you know, they used to say it was out there in Oklahoma and places like that, that it shifted and it's down here now. Wonderful. what they call Tornado Alley. So, Wonderful. Thank you, Beth. I appreciate that. You know, in the midst of all this tragedy and everything that we're seeing What's the good news? What's been some of the good news that you've seen through these times? Uh, you know, it's just so awesome just to see the volunteers. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and he said, you know, Brad, if this wasn't uh, Chattanooga, uh, it, there probably would not be the response that has been happening. It just seems like everybody, even though they're going through this COVID craziness, all the resources came together, all the volunteers came together, and it was just instantly things started happening. It wasn't like, you know, waiting around for this or X, Y, and Z. I met Salvation Army out that was out there at one o'clock in the morning and, and Hands of Mercy and, 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 and then just different volunteer groups coming together and all the big churches and small churches and groups and restaurants and stuff just all poured into this community right there where the, and you know, we don't want to forget about uh, Fort O. They had some damage. Yeah, I saw and, some of their damage. And too. also Murray County and, and mm. Cleveland up there. God bless them all. And, and you know, it was just awesome just to see that this Hamilton, Bradley County, uh, Walker, and Catoosa County just came Tennessee together. Valley. Yeah. Um, what was weird was in the midst of all that, when the hurric- when the tornado hit, is everybody was all, like you said, we're all social distancing and things. It's like, what can I do? What should I do in this? Can I get close to these people and help cut this tree up and, and that type? Or should I keep, be keeping my distance? And, and uh, you know, it, it was weird. It was weird to see all that. Um, I, I agree with you on some on the, the good news there. Like I said, there's so many people that have such stories of how God provided for them and protected them. Yes. Um, back to the COVID, I think some of the good that I've seen of this is, is I mean, my goodness, in our neighborhood, I've seen more families taking walks together at nighttime. I've seen more neighbors that have never talked to each other in years, not because they're mad or they just don't, we're busy, yeah. waving and talking to each other from across the street and things. And uh, um, several of my neighbors asked me if I would do a an Easter sunrise service from our front porch because we live right on the corner of two cul-de-sacs. And uh, so Easter Sunday morning mm. at 6 a.m., we set up our sound system. And, <laughs> of course, I asked everybody ahead of time, put a flyer in everybody's mailbox saying, you know, don't I don't want to 
turn on music at six o'clock in the morning and make make it by mad, but everybody was great. And we had a good time. We good. put it on Facebook Live and just had a wonderful time with that. So you've got to look for the good news. Yes. Because in this society right now, what we're currently experiencing with all the virus and death tolls and numbers and testing numbers and all of that, you watch the news, you read the newspaper, you stay on social media for any amount of time, and it's nothing but bad news coming your way. So look for the good news. You want to see some of that good news? You can go to comeonletsgo.com. Comeonletsgo.com has video after video after video of nothing but hope and encouragement, and many times from desperate situations. So check that out. It's comeonletsgo.com. Ted and Brad here for the. Uh, um, I'm Ted. That happens to be Brad right Howdy. here with uh, the Hoffa Day podcast. And all right, Brad, music songs what's the what's your current favorite song or favorite artist and why it's gotta be hope darst man that peace be still i meant you know when you ever get a chance to you know ask her about what the song's all about and she says worship is a weapon and i thought that was just the most powerful thing i think i've heard all year worship is a weapon so when you're going through depression or anxiety or worry or uncertainty just start worshiping god and those those feelings those emotions they just start to fade away and man you can just rest the testimony that i was sharing about the family of five earlier that uh, lost their new house uh with all that that song that's the one that he mentioned was mm-hmm. the one that said the peace be still by yeah. hope darst excellent you mentioned our praise and things is our weapon natalie grant has a new song called my weapon we're not playing it yet but it's a good song and you pick that and listen to that one it's called cool. my weapon from natalie grant it's the same thing my favorite song right now that we're playing is uh jeremy camp's keep me in the moment oh keep me in the moment i don't want to miss what you have for me uh it's just one of those earworms it's okay. just i wake up in the morning singing that song and, and things and it's just a good thought to to remember that um with all the worries with all the anxiety the stress and everything that's out there god keep me in this moment yes you're in control you're in charge and you've got me in this moment for a reason uh because you've got so much going on around us in the middle of all this help us not to miss that um all right so uh health and fitness feature here Current uh, current observations from the trail? Uh, you know, there is no trail. Everything is closed. I mean, even if you go to the super secret spots that you think, oh, no one's going to see this, <laughs> there's a lock across the gate. <laughs> so, but they say that uh, on, on May 1st that, that they're going to start opening those up. But uh, um, just one thing um, added to the... Uh, um, if you guys can uh, start uh, exercising, uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm doing since we haven't had a, a really good workout is um, practice your balance right now. If you're going to get back out on trail and you haven't been out in like a month, month and a half, just practice your balance. Stand on your foot for like a minute, minute and a half on each one. Uh, if you've got a balance board or something like that, just to get your... Uh, just to get your uh, your legs back, as they say, for trail running. Yeah, you want to do that. Our son Trevor, who's an Army Ranger, he uh, laid a challenge down uh, the first of April. It's called the Three Thousand Challenge. Okay. He said if you'll, do, he's doing a hundred pull-ups a day, and he said you do a hundred pull-ups or a hundred push-ups or sit-ups or crunches or squats or, or whatever. But if you'll do one hundred a day for the month of April, by the end of April. You've done 3,000. And so I've been doing 100 push-ups and 100 crunches every day. Good and, uh, gravy. So far, I've been doing that. And, and actually, just those two exercises, 
I'm seeing it pay off. I'm starting to see results and things and, uh, uh, and just so things you can do. Again, the gyms are all closed. Planet yeah. Fitness is closed and all that. That should be opening back up this weekend, yep. they're saying, or May 1st. Hopefully. Um, but, uh, um, um, but you can still stay in shape, keep fit without having equipment or gyms or trails to run on right. or any of that type stuff there. All right, so East Coast versus West Coast. All right. Who do you think would ha- who do you think handles sheltering in place better? People on the East Coast or here in the South, we can pick South, or people on the West Coast? Oh, it's got to be people back here. I mean, it's got to be people back in the South and the East. I mean, in California, I meant if you had an absolutely beautiful, gorgeous day and it was 70 degrees, forget it. I forget it. We wouldn't shelter in place. We we wouldn't care. I mean, I don't think they're sheltering in place right now. Really? Yeah. Seriously. I mean, there's more of a let's, you know, the moral thing to do, the Christian thing to do, the right thing to do. And then you got California, which is like, I care less what you think. I'm going to go out and do what I want. Yeah. And that's basically what it would be. I mean, people I'm right sure now are probably, probably does play a big factor in that. Yeah, it does. Last week when I was on staycation, there were a couple of days that were rainy. Of course, the day after the tornado. Well, the day after the tornado was beautiful. Um, but on those days, that's easy to stay inside. Day like we had earlier this morning here in Chattanooga, rainy weather. Yeah, stay inside. Of course I can. Now, after a couple of days, it starts to wear on you. But on a beautiful, sunny day, Man, there's more people outside, and I saw more people leaving the neighborhood and coming back and forth and things. So. See, there's, there's, and, and you don't know about this because you're not from California, but there are two sayings. There is no life east of I-5. Okay, I-5 goes right through California, so there is no life. We, we could care less what happened in Tennessee or Georgia or X, Y, and Z. If you guys got obliterated, you know, by um, an F-6 tornado, you know, we'd be like, oh, how's the surf? And then there's another one that says you're no fun if you're east of I-1, and that's uh, or or the 101, and so everything uh, south of the 101, that's like Santa Barbara, uh, Lompoc, uh, San Francisco, X, Y, and Z, the coast of California. So there's no fun if you're east of 101, and there is no life east of I-5. So wow. we could we could really care less. So people probably from the 101 to the coast right now are probably out doing whatever they feel like and they could care less. Is it possible to shut down the beaches in California? Absolutely not. I mean, you can, you know, they say, well, the beaches are closed, but yeah, who's going to listen? I saw where one of the most popular skateboard parks in, down that way, somewhere in, in that part of the, of the California, they actually had to fill the state, the, the things that was sand. They had the to fill park. Venice with sand. The, is, it, is that the skate park? Yeah, that's the big, the big one, popular, yeah. Yeah, the iconic one. Yeah. They filled up the uh, most of that with sand so that way kids couldn't get in there and skateboard. Oh, jeez. So now I guess they have to clean it all out once it waste. all opens back up. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I wondered about that. East Coast or West Coast, what who you would think? handle? Um, I think, again, I, I don't, I haven't, like you said, I haven't lived in California, um, but I think it's climate. I think if you live down in Florida, um, you've got the beaches. I mean, think about it. If you lived, if you lived in Cocoa Beach and literally 100 yards, yes. or if you lived in, in uh, Tybee Island, and there, you know, that's your yard. That's what you're used to. It's like in my house, I can get out and walk my neighborhood. Well, if you live in Tybee Island, the neighborhood is your beach. Yes. You know, so how do you keep people off the beach? And those, how do you keep people from sheltering? You know, keep, how do you keep people sheltering in place in places like that? Um, you know, there's some people I think are just made for that. That yeah, I can shelter in place, no big deal. You know, I'll, I'll work from home, it's no big deal. But then you have others like, oh no, I got to get out. No, 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 that's yeah. me. Yeah, I got to be out twenty four seven. I I just can't stay in the house. Thank you very much. <laughs>
another podcast that's out there right now too that you may want to listen to and i'm actually a part of it it's called the intersection of faith and culture you know it's tough sometimes being a christian in a world god calls us to be salt and light he calls us to be in the world but not of the world how do you handle certain things, different topics that come along? What if you disagree from what you feel like the rest of the church is, or have things changed, have traditions changed? Check out wherever you buy podcasts or download podcasts. You don't buy them. Whatever you download podcasts, check out the intersection of faith and culture with me. I'm Ted, and Katie, Katie Smith, is with us there. All right, we're going to finish up our uh, half a day podcast for this month with Brad. And uh, Brad, a couple of would you rathers here. All right. Would you rather be an amazing artist but not be able to see any of the art you created or be an amazing musician but not be able to hear any of the music you create? Oh, good gravy. Um, wow, that's a tough one. Good gravy. Um would you rather be an amazing artist but not able to see any of the art you create or be an amazing musician but not being able to hear any of the music you create? I'll go with the artist because uh, I always got to keep my feet to the beat, so I need to hear music. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, that is, I, I just uh, – um, let me just uh, – well, yeah, I'm going to have to say artist because <laughs> – what about you? Well, I have a son who's hearing impaired, and I see how well he does – um, with a hearing impairment, you know, hearing impairment, and he has a hearing aid. He he can hear about eighty percent of sound out of one ear, and so he's done very very well with that. And being able to see things, and I think I would probably, I'd probably rather be in a musician and not be able to hear, wow, than to be an artist and not be able to see. Okay, um, would you still create art if you music or art? If absolutely, you experience it. Absolutely, really, yeah, absolutely, because it's 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 you know for some people it's a release. But it's very calming. It's very soothing. I mean, it keeps your brain at work. But yeah, I would. A lot of people are diving into those talents, embroidery and art and, and all that during this shelter at home type stuff. Puzzles, putting together puzzles and yes. all that. Would you rather be famous when you're alive and then forgotten when you die or unknown when you're alive but then famous after you die? Would you rather have all of your fame when you're alive, but then forgotten when you die, or be basically unknown all your life, but then famous after you die? Maybe famous after you die, because maybe it's going to be a situation where you, you know, cured cancer or something like that, and... You know, they were going through your notes after you died and said, hey, Ted Gokey, he found out that this riboflavin mixed with a hydroxide mixed with an X, Y, and Z, this cures cancer. Oh, my God, this is great. We'll name a building after him and stuff like that. So I, I guess it would be that way. Yeah. I, again, it comes down to um, limelight or legacy. You know, do yeah. you enjoy the limelight more while you're alive? Or legacy after dead, and I, I guess for me it's always legacy. Yeah, that's I want to make sure that when I'm when I'm in heaven, everybody that I've left a legacy for, eventually I meet in heaven, and uh, and that type that's thing. That's good. So you know, um, for some it's their greatest wish is to never be forgotten. For others, it's man, what happens in life is what matters. Yes. You know? And as Christians, I feel like we know better than that. All right, as we wrap things up here with this half a day podcast for this month, best thing you've drank or eaten recently. I'll go first while you're thinking there. Uh, my kids got me a smoker for my birthday, and we've been smoking everything. I've smoked pizzas. I've done um, 
Philly cheesesteaks. I've done uh, pork loin with wrapped in bacon. I've done bacon wrapped pork loin stuffed with mozzarella cheese. Uh, we've done uh, our ham at Easter time. We it was a spiral sliced ham. We put apples in and bacon alternating in the Good slices gravy. and uh um and then uh we did uh ribeyes with a garlic herb butter and dr pepper baby back ribs oh my gosh i, I cooked those now i'm getting ready to do my first brisket this weekend brisket uh. is like once you've done a brisket and, and you know bring how to some do a brisket, in, right then you are a a, a true smoker you, you know? should bring some in for research purposes. i need to i need yes. to i could probably do that if there's any left of that so so that's what mine is mine has been smoking that up i've done uh um Oh gosh, what else did we do on the, nachos? We did Boston uh, Boston nachos on. I'm the, dying here, man. Smoker. People are saying, "How are you?" I'm posting all these pictures online. Like, how are you not gaining weight? Like, because believe it or not, smoking on a on the smoker is a whole lot better for you than hitting up Taco Bell or hitting yeah. up different fast food and all that kind of that stuff. That's true. And I'm only eating really one big meal a day anyway. So and a hundred push ups a day. Yeah, hundred push ups and hundred crunches a day. Good. All right, what do you think? Me. Best thing you've eaten or drank. Uh, um, I'm going to have to say um, there's a place out of Cleveland called the Cupcake Club, and uh, they're a bunch of Christian women who God has put it upon their heart to put healthy foods together. So my wife, Beth, is an absolute organic freak. That's all we eat at the house. So, But they make these brownies that are like bricks. <laughs> they are probably, I kid you not, probably two and a half inches thick, and they're probably five wide. And that's a meal within itself, but it's got no high fructose corn syrup or, I mean, if you can't, if like my wife says, if you can't pronounce it, it's probably deadly for you. So yeah, that's probably the best thing that we've eaten are these brownies. Well, my wife made a homemade chocolate cake with a cream cheese icing on Shut everything. Up! And she made those three chip cookies, chocolate yes. chip cookies that are in there. I'm in about to devour. Studio. And uh, all that she made from scratch. She didn't buy a box. She didn't buy a mix. She mixed it all up herself and everything. So, so wait a uh, minute. So during this COVID crazy quarantine, your wife has just become the galloping gourmet. I mean, no, not much. I mean, she she's always been able to do cook, and, and she's a good cook. Oh, okay. She hasn't hardly cooked at all since I got that smoker. Every night, it's been me. It's been me smoking and doing all that. Now, she'll make the sides right. for things, and she made the desserts the other night. Um, all right, here's a, here's a random question for you as we get out of here. Yeah, I've been saying we're going to get out of here for a while. All health aside, all healthy, organic aside, whatever, what breakfast cereal would you eat? If you could have any breakfast cereal and not have to worry about it being bad for you or anything like that, what would be your go-to breakfast cereal? Count Chocula. Really? Dude. <laughs> I like the Boo Berry better. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, think about what- Frankenberry? I remember that. Count Chocula. I mean, it was the chocolate oats, but then you had the chocolate marshmallows too. Uh-huh. I mean, remember, Cocoa Puffs only had the chocolate puffs. There yeah. was no marshmallows. So yeah, Count Chocula. And like choc- Cocoa Pebbles were only the, the yeah, flakes. It was only the flakes. Uh, you got to get, you know, you, you got to get the best of both worlds, because I was about to say- Lucky Charms. I was going to ask you, are you a Lucky Charms guy? Dude, I went through a box of Lucky Charms a day when we used to go camping for Easter. So now, would you just eat the marshmallows and leave the cereal? No, no. I was an absolute freak. I just, <laughs> I would eat it dry. I would eat it with, you know, milk. But yeah, Count Chocolate. Do they still make Count Chocolate? Yeah, I've seen it in the stores. Do they? In the stores, yeah. I'd have to say, well, now that you've reminded me, maybe I'll get a box or something <laughs> like that when Laura goes to, when she goes. When she's not looking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Corn Pops. I love corn pops. Really? Yeah. Frosted flakes. Okay. Uh, but no, I, 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 how do you like that stuff that gets mushy and melt? No, no, you got to eat it quick. You got it. I'm a. I can I can sit down with a bowl of frosted flakes. Okay. okay and put my milk on it. Right. And then I'm eating. 
But if I get down to it and there's just a few flakes floating around in milk, I got to pour more cereal in. Okay. And then you get to the point where you're like, oh, I got too much cereal. Now I need to add some more milk for it. Before you know it, I've eaten half the box. You know, yes. Frosted flakes. Um, I never, a cookie crisp. I never had that. It was okay. It was okay. I didn't get into it. Lucky Charms, I didn't really care for. The marshmallows are too sweet, I guess, or something. Wow, okay. But, um, but uh, and Honey Smacks. Dude, Honey Smacks. Did they, did they still make those? I guess so. I don't know why they were. Do you remember wouldn't. Honeycombs? Did they I make that? Honeycombs. Remember those two? Yeah. Do they make that anymore? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Oh, my anyway, gosh. We need to get a breakfast cereal. I, yes, geez, now we're starting to starve. <laughs> you have been listening to the Ted and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast.